Welcome to the Intern Whisperer. The show is all about the future of work and innovation. Today's Intern Whisperer Employer Tip of the Week is inclusion starts with the introductions. When you have new interns or new employees coming into your office, you want to be sure to introduce them to others in their department, the key staff they might have to interact with. Of course, you're in HR. They should be meeting all of the staff. But depending on the size of your organization, you want to make sure that they're meeting the key people to help them transition easily. Today's guest is Shalonda Simons Emmanuel. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Yay. A little round of applause. That's my personal sound effect. So congratulations on having the most downloads. Thank you. That was such a pleasant surprise. Oh, it was no surprise to me because first off, I know you and Jessica are so well loved. And it is true. Honestly, I can tell that. And you guys were like neck and neck. And when you post something on any social feed, everybody comes out from all of LinkedIn and starts showing you love. And I am, I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here going, man, I want some of her magic juju juice on me because like, <laughs> You are amazing and the people know thank it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And it's great because you're going to be starting your own podcast. Let's just kick off the show with that. Oh I know we goodness. have other questions, but like, let's start with that one. Yeah. I'm collaborating with two of my colleagues, Chris Majoka out of Orlando and Tristan Jones out of St. Croix. And we're calling it the entrepreneur's trip. Mm. Because we're all entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. yes. And yes. while there's a lot of resources online talking about you need to do a business plan, you need to do a marketing plan, all of the technical things, we wanted a space where you got the real life, nitty gritty experience of being an entrepreneur because there's a lot of rewards, but there's also a lot of treacherous terrain that you have to navigate. And if you try to do it yourself, it can be really, really daunting. It can be mentally exhausting. You can experience burnout. And so we decided let's come together and share our experiences and connect with other entrepreneurs and see how we can support each other. And I think it's even more important now, particularly because, you know, in 2020, we thought, okay, we're going to deal with this COVID. It's going to be done in 2021. And then we were trying to figure out the new normal in 2021. And now we're dealing with Omicron and the variants and all of this stuff. So it's like, it seems to be piling on for not only entrepreneurs, but just people in general. And how can we create the communities of support for us to be as healthy as we possibly can be in yeah. this? And you're talking crazy. about mental and emotional health, not just physical absolutely. health. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm going to add this to what you're talking about. Being an entrepreneur is extremely stressful and they <laughs> suffer a lot with mental, I can't say disorders, but depression for sure. And anxiety, because where's the money going to come in mm -hmm. now? Not everybody always has a strong circle of influence when they first start a business. And what's interesting to me is that within two years, a business will actually you know, shut its doors if they're not making money within two years. Statistically, mm -hmm. it'll say that. I think a lot of it is because people are not mentally prepared for mm -hmm. how hard this is. This is effing hard. I can't say it on my 
my show because it goes out on Valencia College Radio. But this is incredibly hard. And Mm -hmm. people don't understand that overnight success, it doesn't happen overnight. No, it actually is like 10 years in the making. By the time, if you stick with it within four to five years, you mm-hmm. should be hitting at that point. You're getting like, oh, okay. I've got some money coming in. All right. right. And Absolutely. 10 years is like, think about Facebook. How long mm-hmm. did it take Facebook? It, they make it look like it was overnight. Yeah. It, it was rapid growth. No doubt about that. But how old is Facebook? Like 15, 18 years old now? Yeah. In the yeah. 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, because I've done this entrepreneurial thing Mm -hmm. before and I tripped and I fell and I felt like I busted my face and bruised my ego because I'm a super achiever and I try to succeed at everything. And, you know, you embark on an endeavor like this, which is kind of like your baby and it fails and it your self-esteem takes a bit of a hit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And if it wasn't for the support of my family and my friends and my colleagues that were like, okay, that one didn't work, but you're not starting from ground zero, Shalanda. You you have all this experience for you to be able to start over again. And um, I tried twice and this is my third attempt. And that's normal too. By the way, Mm -hmm. that is normal. Yeah. A lot of the times we don't think about it. We think like, you know, you tried the first time and you're instant success, right? And for me, I think my why in doing it this time was completely different than previously. My daughter had a lot to do with my why as to why I decided to venture out on my own. But I also have a really good support system, which has helped me through the last year because we launched Ambitious Sky Group back in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. So um, last year was better than we expected. Mm-hmm. And I just laid out my 2021 integrated roadmap of all the things that I have on my plate to try to figure out what I'm going to you know, get done in Q1 through Q4 and what I'm hoping to monetize by whatever quarter into 2021 that I'm working on. And so I'm just super excited about 2022. And so when I woke up the first morning and saw that I had the top download, I was like, yes. What a good sign, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, the other thing about having a podcast that I think most people don't recognize is it it takes a lot. This is another full time business, honestly, because Mm -hmm. if you are doing it properly, you're scheduling all of your guests, you know, like a quarter. You should be like two months ahead preferably three. You've got your show notes set up. You've got a system in place. And I usually sit down and I show people, so you want to start a podcast. Let, let's talk about that. And I go through, okay, let, let's make sure. Do you have consent forms? Do you have your audio files? Like, what is it that you're going to do? And I know it's easy enough to just like truly pick up. I use Podbean as my hosting site. I could do a podcast straight from my phone and many people do. There's mm-hmm. you know, nothing wrong with that. However, if you're m- making it into something that's more of a monetized, and, and again, you can do it just with your phone and a Facebook right. video or a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have fancy stuff. Just start that way. And then your show can morph and evolve, but it's the consistency. You have to yes. show up every week. You mm-hmm. have to be somebody that's you know planning this out mm-hmm. and many people will start it and they'll do like, I've heard like today I was talking with somebody and he said he's done nine episodes and then he stopped. 
it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, you know, before I even got into podcasts, I was a host of a radio show when I worked at the hospital here at in Synchro U.S. Virgin Islands. And it was every Saturday morning, nine o'clock live. So I had to be you know, butt in seat in front of the mic with my guests ready to go at nine o'clock in the morning. And I did that for an entire year. So when I moved away from St. Croix and we we're trying to get another host to do it, we couldn't get anybody to do it because it really is a commitment. It's whatever that topic is or the audience that you're hoping to serve, there has to be a heightened level of, level of commitment, you know, to be able to push through those I remember there were mornings I was just totally exhausted and I just, I wanted to stay in bed, but when you're alive, you got to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have that experience under my belt. And then I was also part of helping Urbander, which is a company that I work with launch. I have something to say. And so Chris and I both worked on that project. So we have a little bit of an idea of the realities of podcasting. Mm -hmm. We're Chris Majoka. Okay. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's out of Orlando, graduated from Full Sail, does podcast and videos and storytelling. He's an absolutely wonderful colleague of ours. Um, we work together with Sami Hima Moreto of Urbander, and she's the host of I Have Something to Say, which is another podcast. So yeah, it's that's where it gets down to what we were talking about earlier, having that support system in place, whether it's becoming an entrepreneur or starting a podcast or starting a new project. It's really having, you know, those people who are around you to help support you and you support each other to grow, right? So everybody's tides rise together. It's not just, oh, I want to grow and I'm not worrying about somebody else. It's, it's definitely a mutually beneficial relationship. And I think that sometimes that's hard for some people to create in this virtual environment. I'm very much an introvert. I don't want to even think about all the millions of people or whoever is listening to us right now. It's just me and Isabel, right? And we have such a great relationship and I can open up. So it's really making that human to human connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do. I do totally understand. So this show, because you've been a guest before, we don't have the same type of a format. So we're going to have a deeper dive, a different kind of a conversation for sure. So I'm really glad that we talked about the podcast stuff first. When do you Mm -hmm. plan on launching this? Q1 of 2022. Oh, oh, (laughs) we don't have much time tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. In a couple of weeks. Okay. So maybe towards the end. Yeah. Towards the end. Okay. So I sent you show notes. So if you like those, use them as a format, you can do whatever you want, but it's helpful to have something when Mm -hmm. you're wanting to have more of a a formatted conversation for sure. The other thing is I sent you a consent form, save it. You're going to need it for your guest. (laughs) (laughs) And I signed it and sent it back. You sure did. I meant to tell you, you did not need to send this one back because I had it. You had the other one, but that's okay. I'm just trying to follow the rules. (laughs) I know, but I'm really glad that I did send it to you. And then I sent you that FAQ. So hopefully you have mm-hmm. those three pieces and that'll yeah. help you tremendously with being able yeah. to get started. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know right. if you thought of that, but I went, those are presents. So mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> for sure. Well, usually what we jump into is 
is tell us about yourself using five words. So I know our listeners may not, you can use totally different words now because you can say podcaster because you are that, <laughs> whatever. Five but different what words are your just... five words and why? Um, I think for 2022, my five words, can I use three together? It's just sure. do it. <laughs> It's just do it, which is the Nike slogan, but I add on deliberately and strategically because it's one thing to be in action. It's another thing to be strategic about the action that you're taking and to deliberately follow through on each of the action items that are needed to make sure that whatever your vision is becomes a reality. So those five words would be just do it strategically and deliberately. That's my little motto for 2022. So this is my, um, I'm really working to get rid of so and I just did it it's my transition thinking word mm -hmm. I'm gonna re I'm gonna start over again I have my key word that my focus word is for the year is communication because mm -hmm. I realize I don't th I thought I was a good communicator I am not mm -hmm. it is either going to happen there no it's not either it will happen it happened there's yeah. no when I talk with the interns that work with me or with other people that you know I coach I will say there's, I think I can, I believe I can, and I know I can. Which one mm -hmm. does an Olympian say? And they all I know I can. I know I can. Yeah, there's no doubt. So yes. if that's really going to happen, you've already decided mentally and emotionally, oops, that it will actually happen. And that's key. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's definitely a mindset mm -hmm. for achieving your goals and having the action to follow up, whether you it's know, losing to, weight or launching a company or whatever it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You definitely have to believe it before you do it. You have to see it mm -hmm. before you achieve it, right? You have to claim it before you acquire it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So our listeners may not know some of your educational background, but we don't have to worry about that too much. Let's talk about the difference between your two companies that you work with. Well, you're involved with several. Urbinder, you mentioned that one, and Shiskai. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and talk about those. What do they do? Well, Urbinder, the president and founder of Sammy Heyman Marrero, and we are multicultural strategists with a specialty in the Latino market. So we work with organizations in integrating Latino strategy from a communication standpoint when it comes to their consumers, their employees, their community and vendors, their supplier diversity program. So that's Urbender and the company has grown. She's had the company for about 13 years and which is a true testament to right being an entrepreneur and making sure, yeah. especially when a lot of companies fail after three to five years. So 13 years is a huge accomplishment for Sami and she's just She's an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. That's what I like to call her. Because mm -hmm. she's like one of my biggest cheerleaders. I think I even put that on LinkedIn this week when she was sending me bravo <laughs> for accomplishing the goal of the podcast. So yeah, that's Urbinger. And then the Shiskai group, we initially started out as my background is in healthcare administration, and I'm working on my PhD in industrial organizational psychology. And I started it with my daughter, who's a virtual assistant. So we were doing some OD work and virtual assistant work, but now it's evolving a bit into learning and development and curriculum development as it relates to leadership, as it relates to employee relations, customer service, you know, especially within 
the Caribbean, which has a very unique and distinct culture. Mm-hmm. We infuse that Caribbean essence into our training because we deal with a lot of companies within the Caribbean. So yeah, that's the two companies that I work with primarily when I'm not doing fun passion projects. So we're going to talk something else too, because I was looking at the good network. I have, I honestly have not renewed my memberships yet mm-hmm. and I need to, but I didn't make a single meeting last year. It's just like, you're not, you know what, when you have a business to run, it's like nothing else seems to be mm-hmm. able to make it on the list of the to-dos. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I have that. And I also saw that you and Christina are co-president at, for the, we are- when did that happen? We had elections back in November of 2021, and so we officially started as co-presidents on January 1st, and I'm super excited. As you know, the Greater Orlando Organizational Development Network is an amazing community of OD professionals and others that are in related fields. We come together. And during COVID, what's been interesting is we had to pivot quickly from our in-person meetings that we used to have to virtual. And our VP of programming at the time, Anita, did an exceptional job making that transition. But what's been really awesome is while we initially started out in Central Florida because of COVID and going online and really expanding our LinkedIn community, we've somewhat become international. Like we have people who are part of our LinkedIn group from other countries outside of the U.S., Canada. You know, I'm glad to hear that. That was often mm-hmm. talked about when I was president. And there was some resistance, you know, people were going, no, we don't know how to do that, but it looks like it got figured out. Well, you know what? Necessity is, is what did they say? Necessity Mother is of invention. Great. Yeah. So while, you know, we like that small close knit group, we realize that we're still able to obtain that feeling of community and human connection, even mm-hmm. though we've gone virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited about 2022. We have a new board that just got elected and we're getting ready to do our strategy meetings and offer programming for our members. So it's an exciting time. Are you guys record, because it's been a year, I haven't been to it. Are you guys recording these? And then by monthly, are are you keeping a library? Because that was one of the things we talked about so that members Mm -hmm. can go back and watch these Mm -hmm. meetings. I am so happy to hear that. And that's why you need to renew your membership, Isabel, because that's a member benefit. Yeah, yeah, I will. I mean, I really will. I promise you I will. Uh, even if I'm not there, I'm sitting here going, oh, I'd be able to watch the events because I haven't mm-hmm. been able to go. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was good just to be able to do the catch up news. And just so our listeners know, the greater, um, the good network is called Greater Orlando Organizational Development Network. It's a bunch of yes. OD people, organizational development, but it's mm-hmm. also inclusive of HR, you know, in the broadest sense. We have all different sizes of companies represented there from enterprise to individuals. We focus on, it can be on coaching. It could be on training and learning, leadership development. I mean, pick a topic. Mm -hmm. They have what's called also community of practices, COPS. Yes. And those are, just so our listeners know, a way that you can plug into 
people that have a specialized interest. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in knowing more, it is goodnetwork.us. If you want to go visit the website and certainly sign up. So, you know, we'll make sure we continue to drive traffic to them. Oh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, Just by that. Now you asked about my show. So this show, this is crazy to me. My show (laughs) is also listened to globally. And I go and I check every week, like, what are the numbers? And we hit you know, over 4,000 downloads by the end of 1231. So this is my goal to hit a thousand downloads this month. And by the end of the year, I haven't done all the math, but I'm just making sure, okay, well, however it has to happen is what's going to happen is Uh to hit a thousand downloads a day. So this month, a thousand downloads. And I know what that means. That's essentially, you know, 250 downloads every week has to happen. Uh And then that means that next month there needs to be like 500 downloads, you know, downloads. like having to double. Yeah. And that's where you have to think about it. If you're trying to reach that kind of scale, then you've got to spend mm-hmm. money on it. Yeah. Or have yeah. really high visibility individuals, honestly, like yourself, because Aww. when you went out there and you shared it, you mm-hmm. and also Jessica, I will say that there were a couple of others. Uh, Lonnie Schneider did it and mm-hmm. Mac, Mac did that with Max list, Mac Powell, Powell. Yes. They all went and did that. And that's really where your show will overnight. So one of the things I always ask is for my guests to please share it. Share. Mm-hmm. Your social feed. That's why we give you snippets. So you yeah. can also use that in your own social feeds. Mm-hmm. It's a gift to be able to give those to somebody. And then we also have the ability to really create stronger hashtags. You know what I'm going to give you also, just so you have this too, a yeah. media kit. Like <laughs> I am finding a sponsor. It is, I'm going to have a sponsor this year and I am monetizing this website for sure. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you can do is have a media kit and it has sponsorship levels. And yep. then I use Podbean as my hosting site. Mm-hmm. And with Podbean, they give you all kinds of courses. I think most of them do on yeah. how you can monetize your site. Mm-hmm. So, and the good thing about monetizing, I mean, you, people might think, you know, you want to make money from the podcast, but having that financial capital to be able to expand your reach to a larger audience mm-hmm. is really what that monetization is about. You know, how, how are we able to share this information and serve a larger population. So, so that's what I'm excited excited for you. you. Thank you. Is that our podcast, I'm actually pulling it up here so I can even tell you our podcast is listened to, and we have no idea Michigan. We have a huge following in Michigan. I I don't Mm -hmm. understand, you know, what's going on there, but Uh that's, that's interesting to me. The other thing that we have been really, really popular with is I'm moving over to my analytics so I can actually look at it, my statistics, Uh because they'll, they'll give me that and change it to a year view the last 12 months. Okay. When I look at this, I can see my computer is not complying with me, but Canada, the Ukraine, Italy, Spain. This is where people are listening to the show. France, Romania, United Kingdom, Uh Czech Republic, Germany, Philippines. Like I'm sitting here going, wow, we have a lot of people listening to it. Now in the United States alone, all of the states, even Alaska's showing up and Uh not Hawaii yet, but definitely Alaska. And we're getting followers in Canada. Awesome. And, you know, I, I know that I said U.S., but, you know, they're right next mm-hmm. to it. 
Anyway, yeah. our strongest states are Florida, Michigan, California, Virginia, North Carolina, and New York and Texas and Georgia and Oregon. So not really sure. I don't know who's there, but I love watching these types of mm -hmm. uh, analytics and how they morph just with yeah. organic, you know, representation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sharing that. That's okay. exciting. You know what that also um, brings home is, you know, when we were growing up and we didn't have the internet, I know I'm dating ourselves a little bit here. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but the world seems so huge, right? It seems so large. And then when you look at the, that data and that analytics, and we're both sitting in two completely different states. Yeah, you're I'm over here and in you're in Florida. Yeah, and, and we're having this conversation and where people from all over the world can listen in on this conversation. It goes to show how much smaller and smaller and smaller yes. you know, the world is getting and the high level of connectivity that we have with each other, which is, is exciting. Because yeah. I talked with Sammy and Sammy, <laughs> oh, I'm over in what country is she from? Is it Mexico? She's from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. But, she, but I don't think yeah. that's where she was from at the time. She wrote me, oh, right now I'm over in whatever the country is. And I went, what? <laughs> I want I want to live like you and Shalanda, where I'm over in another country right now. I'm just uh, you know, chilling on the beach, you know. <laughs> it's so funny you said that because I um I went and I met a friend and a colleague of mine for lunch at the Buccaneer Resort this week. And it's so funny because the waitress knows me there. And I pull out my laptop and I start working. And she's like, Shalanda, you're supposed to be on the beach relaxing. And I said, yeah, but I got work to do and I can get it done from anywhere. And this is the best ambiance <laughs> to try to get the work done. You know, oh, this is what... I mean, this is one of the benefits of technology. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, I'm going to go back and get us back on track. So I sure. changed up some of my questions. So a favorite quote that you like to live by, is there one? Trust the process. That's a good one. I am, a, I, I like to say I'm a recovering control freak. I'm still working on the recovering part. <laughs> I say something like, I am a, I, I am, wait, I have it down to, oh, super controlling girl that's learned how to use her powers for good. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes, you know, and I think Martin Luther said, I had a quote that says, sometimes you have to take the first step without seeing the entire staircase. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, particularly within the last three years, I think that that's even more evident because as we entered into the uncharted territories of COVID and just life as it is right now, we barely know what tomorrow looks like, much less what the next year is going to be. And, you know, I've had to learn to just say, okay, this is what I have control over which is really only a small percentage. Oh my God. <laughs> this is like, I usually go, if this is all, and my, for our listeners, I'm having my hands totally spread out. If mm -hmm. this is all knowledge in the world, like, you know, stretch your arms out both sides. You yeah. know, how much do you know? Put your hands together and like a prayer. That is how much you really know in all knowledge yes. because it's always changing too. 
Yes. It's always evolving. We think we know so much. We know nothing. No, no, we don't. So yeah, trust the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have one. So we're doing this kind of together. I like Rick Warren, the purpose driven life. I like Mm -hmm. that very much. Mm -hmm. And the first line of the first chapter is it is not all about you. Yeah. And I think that's a constant reminder because listen, I did not get to where we are in the process of building my little empire that I asked for, you know, and, and in a good way too, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get here by myself. And it was because Mm -hmm. there's other people that have shared my vision, believe in me, Mm -hmm. you know, trust also. And I just sit here and go, no, you know, nobody gets through life just by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No man is an island, even though we, I, I, you know, even though we have this thought that we're independent and, you know, we can handle things on our own. I think that that's a a big myth. (laughs) Yep. It sure enough is. Yeah, it absolutely is. I assure you it is. So the uh, next thing is what are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for family mm-hmm. and particularly my daughter waiting for that one, because honestly, I know you. Yeah. My daughter, it's interesting. It's like I gave birth to this little human being and I'm a better person because of her. And she's very much like a, a mirror that holds up the mirror and and shows me my reflection. Mm -hmm. And there are times where I love what I see. And then there are other times where I'm like, Ooh, I need to work on that. (laughs) But, you know, she's just, I'm in awe with her. And so I look forward to meeting her. Is she in the United States or where is she? She is. She's in Florida. Yeah. She's in Florida and she's a millennial and you know, she's, she's shattering the stereotypes we think of, you know, when you think of millennials and yeah. So we're just really, really proud of her. City, not a neighborhood. Where exactly? Oh, oh Tampa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you, your home base is Orlando. So you guys are yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. We are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. More hey. than geographically. <laughs> I know that's true too. Uh, it's really funny because I remember when, let's see, I don't know who was the intern that was with me right then. Maybe it was Becca. Was it Alex? No, I thought it was Becca that was doing the show notes. Whoever it was. Ah, yes. They thought that Mm -hmm. your, your daughter, you guys were sisters. And I went, Oh, you're (laughs) going to love that. She said, well, and then she first said, well, I thought that was her when she was like a little younger, but you know, Oh, she's so sweet. Yeah. (laughs) I went, no, that's her daughter. And that's their that's know, the my baby. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like that looks, that's a good, good compliment to receive, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Becca. <laughs> All right. So how do you like to communicate with people? Do you have a favorite? Is it like in person? I think it's in person for you, but I'll give you all the choices. In person, video chat, phone, text, social channels, email, anything else, whatever, letters, like people write letters, maybe. I don't know. I would say it depends, honestly. It depends on the situation and it depends on the purpose of the communication. So... Ideally, I prefer email 
because I can send it when it's convenient for me and I feel the person can read it when it's convenient for them. So I tend to gravitate towards email. If I need to have a meeting during COVID time, I prefer virtual versus phone because you can pick up on those body language clues with the Zoom or Skype meetings and you get to see the person. You know, I've had the opportunity to connect with people around the world that I probably never would have had the time to, or we probably would not have been as open to connecting with each other had it not been for COVID and people doing so many virtual meetings now. So I do like that. But when I'm very much a relater, and so when I'm in this same space, once it's safe to do so, I love to just do in-person, one-on-one in-person meetings, you know? So the call, the show that I did before yours was like our 2022 goals. Uh huh. And I, I was interviewing myself, <laughs> just to be clear. I'm going, so this, these are the goals for, you know, employers for change, you know, the uh-huh. company and then the podcast, the employers for change podcast, the intern whisper, like these are the goals. And I said, so, you know, obviously on the podcast, it's a thousand by the end of this month. So people, I need uh-huh. you to help us. And then, you know, when it's employers for change, I said, so we are raising money and I am looking for investors. So if you have anybody or you're an investor and you like ed tech, reach out to me. Anyway, I was putting all of those kind of things out there. But when I talked about my five words that describe me circling back, I said, I'm relational. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, I'm a Jesus girl with a potty mouth. That's long, but like <laughs> it's Jesus girl. The second thing was, I said that I'm relational. I also said that servant leader, but you know, just leader, mentor, and then an educator. Those were my words that I used to describe me. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would definitely put you in that same, you're a mentor, you're a leader, you're, you know, educator, you're very relational. Yeah. You're all of those things too. Yeah. That's why we connect so well. We so. see it in each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> okay. So then only one more question and then sure. we're going to, well, no, we're going to go jump into, we're going to take a moment for our mm-hmm. sponsor recognition, and then we'll be right back. And we're going to jump in the second half of the show. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. And we're back into the second half of the show. Okay, COVID. We thought, just like you said at the beginning, we thought, oh, it's going to be over. But no, we have Omicron and it's still here. And what's going on with all of that? I think that the biggest takeaway about the impact of 2019 and when COVID came into our world, that we know it, it changed everything of how we think we could do business. Mm -hmm. And I still think that even moving forward into 2022, we're going to see a lot of evolution. There will continue to be a lot of change that's going to be going on. So I don't right. think it's it's impacting for bad. It is some people, like definitely the food industry is really they're Doing feeling it. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. However, there is this really good show. It's on Hulu and it's called The Future of Food. It is oh. so good. I would really uh-huh. recommend watching that because they were talking about a lot of creative ways that people that have the food businesses could, you know, reduce their costs and be able to mm-hmm. make a 
a living wage because who doesn't like to eat? And I am surprised. I read this article about how one, I think it was lost a market because nobody showed up to work. They had no food to give out. And everybody that prepaid for their Thanksgiving dinners, they had to refund all of that. And I know I've driven up even to like Taco Bell and I went, what Mm -hmm. what is it? The lights are out. So yeah, yeah, it has changed the jobs that are out there. It has changed Mm -hmm. how people think about where they want to work. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, I sit here and I think, if the use of robots and automations, we're going to see it a whole lot more in restaurants. I think so. Because now there's going to be certain people that they need those jobs because they either have intellectual challenges, they're neurodiverse. Um, there are going to be a lot of people that are immigrants that don't always speak mm-hmm. English and they rely on jobs like being the dishwasher or being able to work in a fast food restaurant that's going to change. And what happens to those individuals that are at risk, that are, you know, flying under the radar for jobs. And we're going to go and flip, flip the tables, so to speak, so that now there's going to be more automations and, you know, robots that are taking over in that area. But we have a responsibility as humans to make sure that all people that can work, have the ability Very to work. work because not everybody's going to be a hundred and eighty thousand dollar programmer right right yeah absolutely um i think that we're definitely going to see more automation and i think that's why there's such a necessity for upskill and reskilling of employees you know there's the whole conversation about the great resignation and the whole yeah. mindset shift among employees and So while we're going to see an increase in automation, I think there's also going to be an increased demand for organization and leaders to see employees as human beings, not as human assets or human capital, right? But as human beings. And I think that's why we're seeing people making different choices as it relates to where they work, how they work, you know, and putting a lot of emphasis on the culture of their workplace because the workplace consumes so much of our time, right? That they're trying to strike that balance, Mm -hmm. especially with COVID where, I mean, I don't think if it was for COVID that I would be able to do as much remote work because I'm pretty much 100% remote work, which I was before COVID, but not at this high level, Mm -hmm. right? So there's, it's offered that level of flexibility. But to your point, I think we're going to see those changes in the restaurant industry. I think we're going to see opportunities as far as the reskilling, the upskilling of employees in areas where robots can't do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, as advanced as it is with being able to do like technical things, robots don't have the consciousness of humans yet, right? <laughs> And so that's where those soft skills, what yet, right? That's where those soft skills become critical. And so those positions where you need to have that level of consciousness to really be able to move things forward is where we need to help people gravitate to. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of speculation that, well, where those jobs go away, there will be new jobs like 
we're going to need people to maintain robots. Okay, let's say that we're going to need people that maintain robots. We've got to make sure that whatever the jobs are, people have mm -hmm. a way of being able to provide. You know, there's issues with whether it's affordable housing. So, mm -hmm. okay, you've got a job, but now where are you going to live? live yeah. There's just a lot of things that are out there. I was talking with somebody about electronic cars and, mm -hmm. and you know, autonomous driving cars even. But this was an electric car. And I said, so tell me, I, I've seen a lot, plenty of places that pop up. You go to Wawa, you know, there's a place where you can charge your car up, you know, mm -hmm. definitely. And I, it looks pretty affordable, but I sat there and I said, I was talking with somebody down at Orlando Game Space where I work from. And I had said, how do you charge the car? Do you just plug it into the outlet at home? Like, you know, does, is a regular uh -huh. outlet uh -huh. enough to charge a car? I don't know. Uh -huh. And he was explaining to me how it works. He also has a Tesla, so he doesn't even have yep. to ever put his hand on the steering wheel. I mean, if you uh -huh. don't have to, uh -huh. and he was talking about a lot of the things that are out there. I found it really interesting because I went, well, if we don't, and remember, there used to be a day, I know you and I both grew up where there was people that put gas in your car. car. You didn't mm -hmm. do it Full service gas stations. I miss those. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And then, you know, okay. So we all have learned how to put gas in our own cars now. Mm -hmm. And then there was also people that would fix your cars for you, but you know, you can drive in and have a lot of things done. There are... Mm -hmm you know, shops right now where they can, you know, change your oil for you and you never uh -huh. see a person at all. Anyway, all of these things that are happening and I sit here and I go, okay, if we have electric cars that impacts the construction industry, because now houses have to be retrofit to be able to have enough charge, uh -huh. a charging station to charge yeah. the car, they have to retrofit all of those charging stations in places, you know, obviously big cities, but then what about the rural countries when you're traveling? Okay. I'm sitting there going, well, maybe it shouldn't be a charging station, but maybe it should be solar powered cars. Mm. Because mm -hmm. if you're in a rural area or you're driving your, you know, whatever your giant combine and you're a farmer, and we probably won't have that because everything would be more aquaponics, more efficient farming, right? Then where is it that we would have these gaps of technology, whether it's, uh, and finding jobs, it's always going back to the jobs. You know, we've got yeah. to think about the bigger picture and how that impacts the cities and then the little towns. And mm -hmm. then those that are the immigrants and those that are neurodiverse, you know, we have to think about the whole big picture. You can't just, oh mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to go flip a switch. Yeah, we're going to flip a switch, but we still have to address the whole. You have to consider the impact. Process, the impact yeah. and the process. The impact of progress, right? Progress. <laughs> yeah, progress is more important than the process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. So what do you think the, because multicultural, you're a consultant in this area of multicultural mm -hmm inclusion what does that mean just share that with our listeners and then how do you think that's going to change with between now and 2030 do you have thoughts what are they I know I do but oh yeah and a matter of fact I'm seeing it now because on the mainland um in the diversity equity and inclusion space there's this huge push for like representation mm -hmm. right 
Um, so for example, in the entertainment industry, you may see a lot more African-American or black people presented in, you know, shows that are on Netflix or shows that are streaming or stuff like that. Also Latino, Latino population is Asian. more represented and Asian, right? So on the mainland where that's very important, right? And there seems to be an uptick of education, particularly after George Floyd, about different ethnic groups and races, which is very important. What's interesting is where I am from in the Virgin Islands, we are the majority. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we have the representation, right? And so what I am finding is I'm having two conversations, but on polar opposite ends of the spectrum, depending on where I'm at. And then it's where I'm sharing that, okay, we have, for example, a black community or an African-American community, but that community is not monolithic. Mm -hmm. Like an African-American, while we have a lot in common with people who are from the Caribbean or people who are from the Caribbean diaspora, we might show up the same or be perceived the same because when I'm on the mainland, I'm perceived as African-American. We have cultural nuances that are very distinct and very different. Mm -hmm. And so there's even that subculture education that needs to happen, mm -hmm. right? And so from a multicultural standpoint is, is realizing that diversity, yes, is that whole education as it relates to race, ethnicity, nationality, but diversity really has to do with every characteristic of being a human being. You know, when we talk about disability, whether you were born with a disability or you acquired a disability, that's part of a cultural education that needs to happen. When you look at socioeconomic status, the language, the nuances, the beliefs, the norms, the cultures of somebody who comes from wealth is different from somebody who comes from the middle class or somebody who grew up in poverty. There's a whole slew of cultural dimensions that makes it very complex that <laughs> there's a lot of education that needs to happen because as human beings, like in high school, we tend to gravitate to people who are very much like us. Of course, that's just human right? nature. And it's human nature. But as the demographic shift is happening, there's going to be more and more people that are showing up who are different than we are. And so it requires a level of learning, continuous learning. It requires a level of curiosity. It requires a level of self-awareness. Acceptance right? of others and yourself. Too. Yeah, but also self-awareness in yourself to recognize that I myself have unconscious bias and hopefully I'm in a space with people that I trust that they feel comfortable enough to say, hey, Shalanda, you know, when you said that, I don't think you realized mm -hmm. that you might have some unconscious bias. So it's really having that continuous conversation and exploration and learning amongst each other in a way that is hopefully not polarizing and threatening, but more from a place of learning. And I think that's just the OD in us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right it's how do we learn as human beings to be more accepting and more 
inclusive and more more human. <laughs> that is very, very true. Very true. Very yeah. Very. So I know we're going to have to wrap up the show here really quick. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, did you take a screenshot of us so I can have that in our, I can take one right now. Okay. If, you yeah. if you'll do that. <laughs> yes. Um, but the other thing I'm going to add is I'll ask you for this is the best mentoring advice you want to share with our listeners. So screenshot. The best mentoring advice I had. And I know it can change because honestly, yeah. I listen to really good mentoring advice every week. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I said, I'm going to go back to Randy Baker. I'm going to keep citing him for a few, few more episodes for mm -hmm. sure. He said that his boss had asked him, he said, Randy, I, I want you you know, you're, you think that you're a really good communicator. You're not. He said, I want to, you're not listening. You're not giving me what I'm asking you for. You're giving me what you think I want because you're not really listening to what I'm asking you for. And I went, that is so true. Yeah. As I think of mentoring advice, I think of my former CEO and mentor who's passed um, because he had such a huge impression on my life. And there was a couple of things that he used to say all the time. He used to say, trust, but verify. Mm, that's good. As a leader, yeah, as a leader, you need to trust your team. If okay. you have a team member that you don't trust, then you need to question why you have that team member. Because oh, yeah. you more than likely are the person who selected them, right? Yeah. And if you don't trust them, what can you do to help rebuild that trust? But as you trust your team to get things done, you don't micromanage them. You just verify that what they say they're doing, they're doing and the direction you're moving in, you're moving in. And then, so, and that was the first one. And the second thing he used to say was, ask me for forgiveness, do not ask me for permission. Mm. And that was his way of saying, you're I empowered. trust you. Yeah, you're empowered and I trust you to make the right decision at that moment for the team and the organization. And if you fail, it's okay because we're gonna learn something from that trip up, that right? Good chemical um, there. Yeah, and he used to say, don't wait on me for permission to do something that you feel is in the best interest of the organization, just do it. Mm -hmm. And then let me know and we will deal with it after. So those, that, I would say those were the two best mentoring advices I got from Mr. Nelson is trust, but verify mm -hmm. and ask for forgiveness, not permission. I like that last one too. So well, how, how can people get in touch, touch with you? Um, now I usually say, don't, don't give out your email. email. <laughs> you can be hit with a lot of things. However, uh, info app, if you want to use that one or LinkedIn, if you want to share your email, you can, but we have absolutely 4,000 downloads and our show airs around the world. And, you know, by the end of this month, I want to see we hit 5,000 downloads. So, so the way to reach me, the best way to reach me is via my email. So I will okay. give it out. Okay. It is X-A-U at X-A-U-S-K-Y.com. So ja at shasky.com. Um, people can also reach me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn every day. 
um, Shawanda Simmons Emanuel is the best way to look for me. And if you do X-A-U-L-A-N-D-A, I would venture to guess that I'm probably the only person who's going to come up because <laughs> there are not that many Shalandas on LinkedIn. Um, so that's the best two ways to reach me. Um, yeah. And then you could always visit our website, www.shasky, which is X-A-U-S-K-Y.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are at the end of our show here. So I'm going to say so much fun. thank you. It's been delightful. I can't wait to see how, how well this show does. You're, you're going to start, you'll probably hit a thousand downloads and I'll hit it before <laughs> the end of January, just because of you, you are an awesome. <laughs> we'll tell you the guest that's coming on after is Jane Oates and she's mm-hmm. with working nation. Do you know her? No, I don't. Okay, that woman I would was love to meet her. Obama to an office when you know she w- when he was in office. She mm-hmm. is a mover and a shaker, and she is all about skills of the future and future jobs. Wow. So that's the show that's awesome. so yours. That's definitely a show to listen to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Cat Five Studios. Thank you to our production team, our video interns. Chase McDowell, David Ullman, and Keisha Perez. Our music is by Sophie Lloyd, Charles Fleming, Elijah Sutton, Dave Francis, and Diego Lael. And sound effects, Eric Peterson, Matt Miller, Miguel Centra, and Dave Francis. Visit Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while skilling your people for the future. Thank you, Shalanda, for being a guest on the show. I am so, so grateful. Thanks for having me.